Welcome to the Left of Straight Show, where we talk entertainment, music, books, foodies, and more each week with special guest interviews of interest to the LGBTQ community and our straight allies. Direct from the entertainment capital of Northeast Ohio. Northeast Ohio. Your host, Scott Fullerton, chats with some of your favorite entertainers, celebrities, newsmakers, and behind-the-scenes people across the country and around the world who make it all happen. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and let's start talking. guys we are back and it's time for my next interview today i have the pleasure of interviewing the multi-talented writer actor and producer jason gaffney he's a brand new web series out called marriage of inconvenience it's going to be streaming on deku which is the premium streaming platform for gay men that i think has some terrific films and series if you haven't checked it out yet the series is a fun mashup that brings to mind what would happen if you cross the situational comedy of the odd couple with kind of the fake dating of convenience that causes havoc in those movies like the LGBTQ movie, uh, Single All the Way, those kind of fun little mashup. But it also adds a great twist of intrigue and suspense. The project's been co-written by Jeffrey and his father, Ed, making it just the latest in a series of compelling family collaborations that they had that we'll talk about for a bit. This is Jeffrey's first time on the show, so I'm really excited to talk to him. Please welcome to the Straight Show, Mr. Jason Gaffney. Jason, how are we doing, man? I'm good. How are you, Scott? I am fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I understand you're calling in from beautiful downtown Southern California. Have you built your arc yet? Do you have an escape plan, or how's that going? Oh, it it has been raining quite a lot, and thankfully we're in a part of town that's not uh, flooding, but we are definitely taking note. I hear that. Well, you and your hubby, be careful out there. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I got to see a little preview of the movie, of the, of the web series. Got six episodes. It's all a bit, the premise is absolutely phenomenal. Tell me a little bit about... Um, before we get into it, I want to find out a little bit more about you, and I have a big favor to ask, if you don't mind. I think that sign language is one of the most beautiful languages in the world, and I went down the rabbit hole of all your videos and your songs. Would you be able to sign Welcome to the Left of Straight Show and introduce yourself? Oh, I, uh, let's see. I'm like advanced beginner, so, uh... I can sign my own my own name. So, uh, hi, my name is. Uh, uh, and let's see this. Hmm, I'm not sure how I would sign left of straight. All I'd right. have to. Uh, we'll, we'll I'd have to look it up and get you back to you on, on it. But I always, I love that your videos are so. I can't believe you guys did Bohemian Rhapsody. That's like a forever song, and that was fun. So very cool. It was so much fun back in college when I did that. It was, uh, that was a super fun. One of the, my fellow classmates, I was taking sign language class. uh, She really wanted to do that song. 
but she needed backup people. And so uh, she asked me to do it. Put your YouTube channel like, down below here when this goes on air because I got to check some of these out. They're a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, give my listeners a quick uh, recap of your background, your journey from Massachusetts to L.A., and what piqued your interest in dance and making film and television? Yeah, so uh, I was born uh, in New York, but we moved pretty quickly to Massachusetts, and I grew up the, most of my life there. And uh, But I knew I wanted to go back to New York. I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. I started acting when I was six. I was the <laughs> tiniest orphan in Oliver. Uh and I fell in love with it right away. When I got back to New York, I went to AMDA pursuing musical theater um, and I pursued Broadway for a while, but I started getting way more uh, attention and mm. job bookings with film. And so I kind of, I kind of started to transition. And as that was happening, I started watching a bunch of uh, gay movies at the time and and really loving them, but realizing that there were no um, there were no kind of post coming out stories. They all seemed to have to do the conflict of the story. All right. seemed to have to do with being gay or or that kind of stuff. And all of those movies are very very important. They still are to this day. Except exactly. you know we lead rich exciting lives, and so that to get the opportunity uh, to see that is very important for all of us. And so I ended up calling my dad uh, and saying, we're going to make a movie uh, and it's going to be a rom-com and the leads are going to be gay and nobody's going nice. to care that they're gay. And he was like, all right. And that kind of led me down my journey to eventually moving to LA and really pursuing That's amazing. Uh, filmmaking full time. And it's really true. I mean, those, those movies were always had an important part of coming out and everything, but it really isn't the story as much anymore. I just had on the writer and director of the movie Akron that was filmed not too far from me here in Ohio a while back. It's an excellent movie. You have television series like Teen Wolf and stuff that don't really do it. And it's, it's starting to come around a little slow, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we are seeing more and more of it, but it's, you know, like you, one of my favorites mm. uh, recently is uh, Schitt's Creek. You watch that, that series and they, they talk a little bit about it, but they're all, right. it's mostly just for clarity. It's not, it's not about, will you accept the character? It's, all the other characters are like, yeah, we accept you. We just exactly. want to know so that we can right. <laughs> identify yeah, you correctly. So and, true. Uh, I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. one of my favorite series. Um, I want to talk about that because you are, like I said, openly out and proud member of our community yourself. You're a huge advocate. When did you kind of first come out to yourself and how was that coming out to others at first? Yeah, so I didn't really figure out who I was until mm. about 15, 16. And, uh, and when I figured it out, I was kind of like, am I straight? Am I gay? Am I bi? Like I was trying to figure out all these things. And so initially I was like, I think I'm bi. And then I realized <laughs> shortly after, no, no, I'm gay. And, uh, but it was, you know, a nice transition for me. And, uh, thankfully I, hit the jackpot my folks were ready and uh, just waiting for me to come out they were ready willing and able to be supportive parents and um 
you know, I to this day, my mom has said that she wishes shows like Glee or Schitt's Creek had been available to me when I was younger because I would have known who I was younger. And they didn't want to push it on me or anything. They wanted to wait for me to find myself. But it would have been cool to see more stories like that. And so that, I mean, I'm super stoked that we've got like Heartstoppers and all of this stuff, Love, Simon, all the stuff coming out now that's helping people figure out who they are at a younger age. We'll talk about your dad a little bit when we talk about the writing, but I love his Twitter bio is proud P-Flag dad. That's just awesome. So very cool. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into the movie here. Um, give us a brief overview of what Marriage and Inconvenience is about and how is your writing style in getting us to come together? Yeah, so Marriage and Inconvenience is kind of a modern odd couple. Uh, basically, uh, the two main characters, uh, Owen, who I play, uh, is a former drug dealer. And then my co-star, uh, David Allen Singletary, who plays Franklin, uh, is a former college professor who uh, ends up in WITSEC, witness protection, mm-hmm. uh, because he has a stalker. And so he's in serious danger of being hurt by the stalker. My character turned in mm-hmm. uh, the drug family and, and flipped on them. And they're polar opposites. My character is kind of a slob. He tends to be more crass, a little more aggressive. Uh, And then David's character, Franklin, is a little bit uptight, very uh, proper, very poised, eloquent. And they have this task of figuring out how to live together and pretend to be husbands. Um, Basically, the idea in this universe that Witsec takes a single... Uh, people who are entering witness protection and kind of partnering up them up with an accountability buddy. And so in this case, they married them. And uh, as I'm sure you can guess, hijinks ensue and it just gets chaotic as well too. some places, which is kind of cool. So I like that we have the the whole drama and the poignancy together. They're very cool. Yeah. And it's what's, what's going to be fun about the series as a whole like we've shot season one, we've got that all done. And, but I mapped out um, the first three seasons because I originally, when I joined the film world, when I started making films, I, I started in features, which has a beginning, middle, end. So shifting from that type of writing into a series where you want it to be open-ended <laughs> has been quite challenging initially. Cause I'm like, I want that ending. I want to know, <laughs> I want to know they're going to be okay. Um, so I actually mapped out the first three seasons so that I could at least know where they're heading and all of that. And, uh, and they've got, it's been really fun to figure out, okay, so we now know that Owen likes this, but Franklin hates that. So we got to make sure to do a lot of that right. or Very vice versa. Cool. That's such a great premise. Now talk about writing this with your dad. What was your, I mean, this isn't your first collaboration. You guys have written a couple of things together, including some male, male romances, which I just think is hilarious. Go dad, how we can get in that headspace. But talk about um, how your collaboration first started, how it first worked out. Were you always kind of in sync? And how did this come about? How does your writing style work together? Yeah, so I'm very lucky in the sense that I inherited my dad's sense of humor, like (laughs) 
pretty down the line. We we tend to find the same things funny. Uh, we tend to agree on on solid storytelling, all of that stuff. And so when we first started, the first project we really collaborated on was Perfect Wedding back in like 2010 or something like that. And uh, over the years, we start, kind of came to this, I'm not even sure what kind of writing style you call it. It's more of a like back and forth where at this point, we'll outline a story. We will, one of us will start the first draft. And then as we're either done with an episode, if we're doing episodic or if we're, you know, 30 pages into a feature, we'll throw the pages at the other person and then they'll start doing the polish of those pages as we continue on the second episode or the second part of the feature. And so then we kind of go back and forth. So by the time we reach the end of the project, the end of the script, we're able to really know where the characters' voices are and where the journey is going. Uh, so it gets, there's less polish needed. And uh, it's, it's, it's kind of wild. It's not for everybody, but it really works well for us. Cool. I mean, you're from a writer family. I mean, your dad's won awards, your mom, best-selling author, your sister's getting into the biz from what I read. Were you guys born with a pen in your hand or how'd that come about? (laughs) Yeah. So my mom is, is kind of the pioneer in that front. She, uh, my mom, Suzanne Brockman is a New York Times bestselling author uh, and she started writing originally she was gonna i originally she was gonna pursue screenwriting, but then she fell in love with writing romance novels and then she kind of fell into uh okay. thrillers with romance and so it's 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 romance novels with high stakes nice. navy seal thriller uh adventure and um and she's fantastic. And, and so she kind of lived the way. And then my dad was started writing and then I jumped into the fray along with my sister. And it's just That's been amazing. kind of like a family affair. So cool. And I was kind of, when I do my research, I looked up some of your mom's stuff. And one of the things she said that I thought was unique is you guys actually incorporated books into the series and talked to authors and got their approval because uh, David's character is kind of a book guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, when we started making indie films, we were really trying to see what we could do to enhance production value where it would not break the bank. And things like artwork and books and all of that stuff help really make the world feel real, you know, because we've all seen, we've all seen films where there's no art on the walls because they couldn't get the the license or rights to to use that. And so one of the things that we really try to do is is find authors we love and see if we can get the rights to to use the image in the the uh the project which also allows us to kind of promote them as well. So so for example, David's reading um He's reading a couple different books with different authors that we love, and so take a look in the series. You'll you'll spot them, and uh, and then go Google those That's authors awesome. and I love give that them a collaboration. Read. And speaking of collaboration, let's talk about actually making it done. Talk about 
finding your cast, finding David. You have my good friend Jason Caceres in one of your episodes that I'm very excited to see. I haven't seen him yet, but he is a very good friend of mine and a fantastic actor. Talk about finding your actors and talk about how you put your crew together. I kind of read how you really tried to make it an inclusive, diverse crew, which I absolutely love. Talk about that a bit. Yeah, so so when we founded My Pet Hippo Productions, the goal was to create uh, predominantly, the, the main goal is to create LGBTQ plus content where the conflict has nothing to do with that, where those kind of post coming out stories. And in addition to that, we we really strive to make sure that any minority character is not um, not a stereotype, that we we highlight people for the strengths and the okay. fact that they're people, they're human. And one of the things that I've grown up believing, and I've witnessed it, I've been on projects of both kinds, where the more diverse a cast and crew are, then the the better the ideas come that come out of the the projects the better the solutions when you know things get chaotic or the you know something goes sideways because uh, every production even if it's the most well-run production is going to have a speed bump or two just because that's the nature of the business so when we when we set out to find our crew we're actively trying to find outstanding people who are uh, up and coming, who are uh, women, are minorities of all kinds, shapes and uh, kinds, sizes, everything, uh, LGBTQ+, ages, all of it. And it's, especially with this project, it really, really helped us because it was tough filming during COVID. It was a, uh, it was, there were whole, a whole boatload of new challenges that we weren't used to at this point. And, um, and getting to have people from all different walks of life say, Hey, have you thought about trying this really helped? Uh, and as for the cast, you know, I'm a huge fan of if the role is LGBTQ plus, if we can find talent that is openly LGBTQ plus, they should play it especially if it's a uh, queer experience story. So like if it is a coming out story or is something like that, that's my personal preference. I am also of the, stand the op opinion that if it's not about that, then the best actor gets the role. Um, thankfully, this day and age, uh, LGBTQ plus actors are are more comfortable than ever when a project like mine shows up writing a note when they submit themselves to casting saying hey just so you know i'm an openly uh out and proud member of the lgbtq lgbtq plus uh, uh group uh, and would love to be considered um and that just allows us to see more talent in that vein as well and give us the better shot of having authentic own voices yeah, when I started in the podcast roles. back in 2015 that was a big, big boom in web series. And one of the things I liked, I'd interview all of them. And I really liked the the interconnectedness, like you said, how they really, they all help each other out. They all kind of know how to do things to help it go. I mean, budgets are not big ever. And 
locations are hard to find. But the community was really there for that, which I thought was very cool. And I like your your talk about including people that are best for the part, regardless of sexuality. If it's a certain sexuality, try to get that before you go to the other and vice versa. Um, is it still, is web series, why did you decide to make go this route as a web series as opposed to a short feature or something like that? So, yeah, so when I, um, when we released the film Analysis Paralysis uh, back several years ago, uh, we got really lucky in that Deku, um, our partner for Marriage of Inconvenience, um, just asked us if, it, if they could have it on their platform, on their streaming site. Right. And so we were like, of course, yes, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, and, and very gratefully um, and thankfully the audience loved it. And so they responded really well to, to that film. And so Deku uh, had a conversation with me and uh, basically said like, what else do you got? Do you have any series that you're thinking about making? And I said, you know, I need to go back and look at my stuff because I'd, I'd been planning more films. And, um, but I wanted to take a look at some of the stuff that I'd been kind of got in my brain, you know, uh, kind of percolating. And so Marriage of Inconvenience, originally okay. we were thinking about a feature. And then we went back and looked at it and I was like, right. oh, this could be a series. This could, we could pull, we could draw this out and really watch these two guys as they go on this adventure. So we went back to Deku and said, hey, what do you think about this for a series? Deku said, absolutely. And, Fantastic. and we were like, let's do this. What, um, I mean, you started in pandemic, so I think I know the answer, but what was the most challenging part of this and what was the most rewarding throughout the shoot? Yeah, so the most rewarding for me is the seeing the amazing work that the casting crew did. I mean, they they were up against just not favorable odds across the board. We were everyone was doing our <laughs> best to not get sick. Uh and unfortunately, I mean, fortunately everything got made, but unfortunately our our cinematographer on uh the first day basically oh, no. got uh, tested positive. So she ended up having to go home and, and kind of shift from being a cinematographer to being a director of photography. So she was oh, on a goodness. laptop for the whole shoot, looking at the monitor through the laptop. Um, and the rest of the crew really stepped up. The cast showed up and knew their parts. They delivered. I mean, everyone, Jason Caceres, uh, uh, David Allen Singletary, Tammy Dahlstrom, like the everyone who is in this series, um, Sylvia Beatty Alcala, et cetera, et cetera. Every single one of these people are phenomenal. They're all outstanding talent. And there's nothing more rewarding for a filmmaker, a, a director, producer, writer, et cetera, to get to watch people who are excellent at what they do take what you've created and make it a thousand times better than you could have ever imagined. And you have Alec Mopp in it. We didn't mention who always brings something to anything he does. So I'm excited to see him in there. He was that. wonderful. He's he directed so good. for the six episodes. Um, was that a conscious choice not to do the two because you were more acting heavily or why, why did you just do the four instead of the six? 
Yeah, so I had never done a series. I directed a feature before, and I we kind of filmed it similarly to a feature. We filmed all six episodes at once. Um, but part of the process of directing and uh, and all of that is all of the pre-production um, kind of getting the shots together, kind of uh, planning the day, all that stuff. And so uh, I actually asked uh, my cousin, Diliana, to direct the other two episodes because, A, I know she's an amazing director. B, I've wanted to work with her for a really long time. And C, it helped lighten my load a little bit because this was a new adventure. And she does – she did such a good job of directing and she – she brought some extra – she just – she helped elevate things across the entire shoot. She was able to bring uh, her eye – because she was there for the rest of the shoot, even helping in other ways when she wasn't directing. Um, but her comedic instinct is so good, and it is so hard to find uh, strong comedic instinct people in this business Uh that I just never want to let her go. I mean, I can't wait to work with her again in the future. I'm hoping she'll come back for season two for a couple episodes because nice. she is. That is so awesome. good when you have something like that, and it's a little unexpected. You know, you know what they're capable of, but you don't see it until you see it. That's awesome. I love that. Very very yeah. cool. Now, um, so you have it kind of mapped out for three seasons. We're going to do the six episodes. When is it? Uh, we're filming this at the end of March. This is coming out in April, right? Yeah, it comes out April and 6th. Deku is an amazing platform. They've had some amazing series on there. They do some great movies. So I'm so glad you were able to partner with them. Do you see what do you see coming up for you in the future besides mapping out? Is this going to be kind of your steady workflow for the next uh, few months to a year or so? Or do you have other projects kind of you're balancing? Yeah, so the number one or the project on the front burner at this point is uh, season two of Marriage of Inconvenience, where we're, um, you know, we're still waiting to make sure that we can make a season two happen and all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got to release it first, season one. Uh, but we do have a couple other projects on the back burner. I've got, um, we've got two features that my dad and I have co-written. One's called Every Day is a Holiday with Eddie, which is a... Uh, a buddy um i like to call it a bromantic comedy there's one gay character one straight character but it's got romantic comedy elements but they don't actually fall in love because one is straight one's gay uh and it's actually a comedy about suicide and uh and it's they don't go together normally but i promise you it's it's uh it's done (laughs) it's done tastefully the other uh, major feature we're working on right now is a film called Dead Nazi in a Bathtub. And it's basically, if you think about sna- uh, snakes on a plane, it's kind of the same uh, type of thing. But the, the baseline premise is a group of diverse friends are having a, uh, a celebratory party and they stumble upon a dead Nazi in their bathtub and they don't, they have to figure out I why like that, that guy is there in their tub when they, when nobody knows him, all of that. Um, and just the other day, uh, my dad came up with an outstanding concept for another series, uh, which is kind of the best way to describe it is think Ted Lasso goes to a, uh, 
a mental oh uh, ward and, and is helping people with uh, teenagers oh, with mental hilarious. illness. I love that. That's a great idea. You guys can crush that. Very now, does he live in L.A. now, too, or is he still back east? Or how do you guys collaborate? That? Yeah, so he's still back east. I'm trying to convince my folks to move out this way. Uh, so if you're listening, move to Palm Springs Then we can all, uh, but yeah, no, he, he, he and my mom are both, uh, on the East coast. They, um, they're primarily in Massachusetts at this point, but they bounce down to Florida to be near my grandma, uh, when, when they can. And, um, but yeah, so what we do for the most part is lots of phone calls, lots of zoom sessions, uh, it, nice. I get my steps in basically. I'll I'll plug in my my phone and take a long long walk, and we'll we'll chat oh, about so what's, awesome. what's next. That. Right, that's got to be kind of rewarding too to kind of do it with your family. I mean, families, especially LGBT, you see so much stress and tension in an LGBT family, and there are some great relationships too. But when you see them, you don't. They're not always celebrated like that. So good on you guys. That's awesome. Very cool. Thank you. Well, yeah. Um, let's go ahead and talk about. Uh, we'll wrap this up here, and then we're going to play five questions in a separate interview here. Uh, talk about where they can find you if they if you're going to be getting backing for season two, where they can start looking for that, and talk about where they can find you on social media and find the film. Yeah, you can find me on pretty much all the social media uh, at Jason T Gaffney. And, um, uh, let's see, I'm on there. I'm mostly on Instagram at these days, but I will pop into Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I'll quickly run in, drop some information and run away. I check my, if you, if you tweet at me, I'll, I'll respond. Um, and then same with Facebook. Uh, and of course, uh, if you go to my pet uh, I believe we have a link to our newsletter that you can sign up for. Of course, you could uh, subscribe to the Deku newsletter uh, because I'm sure there will be more information about season two and any crowdfunding that might happen uh, in those regards. And uh, yeah, those are the best places to to keep in touch nice. and see where I am and what's podcast, going on. Comedy podcast for a while too. Do you do you still like to do the comedy? Are you guys thinking of doing that anymore? Do you ever take that out to one of the clubs in LA? Yeah, so so uh, I so my co-star from Analysis Paralysis, Kevin Held, and I actually uh, have done a, a, a podcast called "The Bright Side" with Kevin and Jason, where we take a tragic. Uh, I basically teach Kevin about a tragic event in history, and then we kind of make fun of it, and then we find what good came from it. Uh, we've been on a hiatus for a, a hot minute, but. Now that the series is up and running and there's a little bit of a lull, I'm hoping to go back uh, and do a couple more episodes with him. And uh, so stay tuned for some more of that as well. Cool. Well, Jason Gaffney, thanks so much for being on those episodes. Great show. We're going to have to have you back real soon. There's so much more I want to talk to you about. But thanks for coming on, my friend. Thank you so much, Scott. All right, stay on the line for me, guys. We'll be back in just a little bit. You're listening to the Left of Straight Show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Left of Straight Show. 
Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast distributor and please give us a five-star rating so more listeners can find us. You can follow us on social media and be sure to check out our website, www.leftofstraightradio.com for contests and other news and information. See you next week.